Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2.5% of the most popular podcasts globally, and honestly, it's because of my incredible guests. I'm just here to facilitate their brilliance. I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are at the top of their game and who are willing to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. These are not people who hold back, and their goal for coming on this podcast and other podcasts is to share with us the essence of peak performance. And my guest today, Susan Harrow, is a media trainer, marketing strategist, martial artist, and author of the best-selling book, Sell Yourself Without Selling Your Soul, which I love. And she joins us today to share five tips to dazzle the media. And she's going to teach us how to become charismatic, persuasive, engaging, but you know, staying true to you, keeping your originality and quirks I think she wrote that about me. I've got quirks. So anyway, it's all about me, right? So anyway, I, it is. It's a, I knew it was. So for the past 33 years, she's run Harrow Communications, which is a worldwide media consultancy where she has trained thousands of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders worldwide to turn their message into money while becoming highly desirable and repeat guests who shine in the media spotlight. And that's what we're talking about today. So, well, oh, and we'll talk about Oprah. I don't want to keep talking. I want people to hear from you. So welcome, Susan. I'm so glad to have you here. I've been looking forward to this because your topic is Me just too. right in my wheelhouse. Me too. I'm I'm so, I've been really thinking about this a lot because because so many because media is everything now i mean media is social media media as well as traditional media that you and i grew up on and and this radio show and video and all of that and really right now no matter who you are a ceo an entrepreneur an author a founder you need to have both a personal and professional brand with consistent clear messaging across all platforms all the platforms you're on and all mediums and this today also includes philanthropic endeavors. Um, And it's not really enough just to sell something beyond your product or service. You really need to serve your community or your cause in addition to your customers. And there's a a study that just came out from Edelman that 58% of people will buy or advocate for brands based on their beliefs or values, and that 64% will invest based on their beliefs and values. So brands now need to take a stand. And can and they need to be able to articulate that in a media appearance um, to become a brand of the future and and concisely. You know, we have a long time to talk. You know, in terms of an hour, and and this is very flexible and this is very conversational. The media is not. You know, media is very condensed and it's really like taking um, War and Peace and condensing it into haiku, and it's a different way of speaking. I know it is, and I know that you have to be really careful when you're condensing, because these days, honestly, everybody's offended about something. It's just pathetic. It really is. But we have to be so cautious. 
it's it's very it's it's very frightening today that we can be canceled in an in, in an in an instant. I mean, look what's happening to Kanye West. This is not the first incident, of course, and this is a positive cancellation, right? That that Nike pulled out and that his documentary got canceled, and um, you know, Balance Balenciaga, you know, canceled him. That's a positive cancel. But any one of us is subjected to a negative, you know, just having one thing come out of our mouth that we can't take back, and you can never buy back your reputation. And and it's forever I know. on the internet. And you know, and I've been like telling this, this to lies, people. Which is not edited, right? Right. So I, we we can't take anything back today. No, we have to we have to be careful what we <laughs> we really don't. We have to say what's on our mind. But here's the thing, and I've been telling this as a web developer and a social media person. I've been telling people forever: don't put anything on your social media that you don't want your grandma reading on a billboard. Knock it off. And they don't I take me seriously. Statement. Some of them, they're just. Well, you know, my my grandma's not going to see it. Okay, don't take me that literally. Pay attention to what I'm telling you. Be careful on yes. social media. Yes, be authentic. Yes, show your quirks. I've got quirks aplenty, and they're out there. I don't even try and they're to. they're beautiful. No, thank you. <laughs> I love cats. Keep we all love quirks, cats. everyone. I mean, that's so important. It's so important to keep your quirks. That's why people oh, I've got to I mean, that's why well, you're in the 2.5 percentile. Right. And and the thing, thank you for that. But the thing is, it's hard to remember a lie. And when we're creating personas that are not us, yeah. we're going to make mistakes left, right, and center. And the Internet is not forgiving. So be you is what we're talking about today. Show up. Be you. Be the best you. Create your brand. But make sure that brand is who you are is what I'm taking away from you. It's ironic because I think the biggest issue that my clients and course participants have is is being themselves. And part of that is the pressure to be other than ourselves and looking at, you know, what's out there now, which is faux fame and and filters and also um, also fake vulnerability, which I really rail against because it's become a trope, you know, versus when everybody announces that they're going to say something vulnerable instead of just being vulnerable and being real and in the moment. And there's a really big difference between that, between using that vulnerability for marketing and or connection. And yes, it could be both. And that said, that there's a kind of consciousness about being vulnerable that there didn't used to be. And there, I wanted to say one other thing about cancel culture because my sweetie and I um, just watched a show last night called The Bold Type, which is three women who are at this um, uh, this magazine, which is very forward-thinking, pro-women and 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 um, and women's sexuality. And she wrote this article, and the editor. Uh, of her, the new company that she was at edited it to be something other than she wanted and really um, uh, and really took down the reputation of this woman who was doing really good things, which was creating um, was it menstrual menstrual cups that had you know that 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 gave they were it was good intentioned for that, but then it gave uh-huh. um, some homeless women um, um, they had some problems with with sanitation, and so what she did. I would she imagine, yeah. At, 
she called up and apologized and made an apology versus voicemail, and the woman put that on social media, put the apology on social media, and it went viral, and then people did all kinds of things with it. You can't take it back. If you don't even, you can't even put anything in a voicemail or an email that you don't want out there because it could ruin your reputation, and you might not recover from that. So it's that kind of consciousness in the world that we're in today. And, you know, I read 1984 when I was a kid. It really scared me stupid. But I really think it's one of the things I've ever read because I keep my privacy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got my quirks, and Mm -hmm. yes, I'll show them. But you're not going to see pictures of me ever, but you're certainly not going to see them in a bikini. I mean, it's just not going to happen. I'm dying to see a picture of you with the nerd in stilettos that you have on your LinkedIn profile. Where is that picture? (laughs) I actually am a nerd in stilettos, and I do have a black cat. So it's, you know, there's there's another one of my quirks. But here's here's the thing. Hang on, I need to cough. I'm losing my voice. And that's a personal choice. That's a personal choice that you have chosen not to do video and not to do. And we all have that choice about how public we want to be, and it's a difficult one in today's. I don't know how you've done it, quite frankly, how you've escaped it. But but it's pretty uh, I'm amazing. I'm headed and I, I think just you're tell the only one. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, but I started this. I started my company twenty years ago. Jeez, Louise! Now I'm going to have a headache. Twenty years ago, I didn't know it was that long ago. But I made the decision then. And remember, twenty years ago, we didn't have WordPress. We didn't have YouTube. We didn't. Have, I don't think we even had MySpace. No. I, I don't know what was out no. there. I remember be, building websites using HTML. I still can write in HTML. But I made the decision when all of a sudden people say, oh, you've got to put your picture on your website. Oh, you've got to go to YouTube. You've got to make video. I'm a little bit pig-headed. And I said, no, I'm not going to do it. It's not who I am, and it's just never going to happen. And I have to tell you, I've been really, really blessed with that decision because in all these years, I've only had two people who you know, wanted to consult with me or wanted to work with me. And both of them said, one of them said, well, I just can't work with you if I can't see your face. And I Mm. said, really? How do you deal with a phone company, with a water company? Do you march your butt down there and go look at them? I mean, how does that work? So she actually did wind up working with me. And the other one was just, no, I, I, I can't see you. I can't work with you. I said, okay, that's fine. But in all these years, only two people have argued with me about it. You're right. It's my choice. And they have respected it. Well, I, I love that, and I think it's it's super difficult to stay with that, but it's it's an important point because of you're staying with your own boundaries, your own personal boundaries, and that's a decision we all need to make in our personal and professional lives, and particularly when we're moving from um, private to public person, is how much do you want to reveal, and uh, where are your, where, what, what will you and won't you talk about? And then being able to very, very successfully and very um, easily transition to the information that you want the audience to know. And that's no easy feat. It takes a lot of practice and role play. And I think that, I mean, a lot of times when I'm when I'm training my clients and we're you know, it's much easier to do it here here in role play. And I remember one of my clients who's a New York Times bestselling author and, and you know, international speaker, and, and we were media training for his uh, upcoming book. And um, we did quite a bit of role play. And then he went on NPR 
thank God it was taped, the first one, just getting him warmed up for his media tour. <laughs> but I heard that uh, he was like, oh, no. You know, he came back and he goes, oh, no. He goes, thank God this is edited. And I listened to it. I said, yes, thank God. You know, because thank God. And you never know how somebody's going to edit it. It can be a, a, a double-edged sword. But it's getting that kind of practice and iteration in that's really super important. And then, you know, I actually did media train him for Terry Gross, and she had said the first time she had to keep wrangling him in, Terry Gross's NPR Fresh Air. And the next time, my goal was to not have her have to stop that taped conversation and wrangle him in, and, and that's what happened. You know, after a number, you know, quite a bit of media training and that role play and being able to get his message out in a condensed form, what we call, you know, the zen, zen it down without making it, without, it's simplifying it, but in the best way. Like not dumbifying it, but simplifying it. That's why I call it zen, zenifying it down, right? And that's, that's quite a lot of practice. Just like with you in your podcast, I'm sure the first few times, if we go back and listen to the very beginning, which you've left up, we're going to go, wow, Denise has come such a long way. Right. I can't even listen to them. I don't (laughs) dare. I would probably never speak again. (laughs) But it's a great thing. I hear people on social media saying that, you know, that, you know, go back and watch my first YouTube if you want to see. And it's really inspiring for people to do that because we think that we, we pop out of like Zeus's womb, like fully formed. And what we don't see is the practice and the, the sweat behind the scenes to become great. And, and you're right. Listen, I people will come to me and say, "How do I how do I start a podcast?" And I'll say, "Well, what do you know? And what are you really really interested mm-hmm. in? And can you shut up and listen? That's the biggest thing. Can you stop talking? That's a hard one. It is. Can you stop talking mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. your your guests and let them shine? Unfortunately, a lot of people need to learn that, and that's where they could use you. You know, how do I, how do I be that good podcast host? How do I learn to listen? How, you know, I mean, teach them seriously because podcasts, as you know, well, in my opinion, are is marketing one hundred and one. If you're not either a host or you you're being a guest, you're missing a huge amount of goodwill. You're missing backlinks. You're missing the ability and the, you know, the availability to get your voice heard. Get on podcasts. Start one. Be on it's, one. It's the but, it's the first thing I recommend to to everyone yeah. because it's so yeah. because it's gentle and um and it is a good great practice like what you said in listening and being present and being just a hundred percent there. Yes, of course, you know, we work on getting your messaging out there in any circumstance, but the most important thing is the essence is to be that person who is fully a hundred percent there. And that's not easy, especially when you're nervous and and you want and you're starting to think about what you want to say. Instead of thinking about what you want to say, it's really about the connection between you and the host, which then connects to the audience, which is the connection you set up with the host is then translated to the audience. But there's also, um, I know we, we, were, we wanted to talk about how to dazzle the media. And number, I'm going to skip to number two. We'll go back to number one. But this could be number one. But, but um, is to plant an eye garden. 
which is something that President Kennedy did to look from he looked from one eye to the other and what what I found is that um, there's there's research now from um, from therapy when a therapist looks into the eyes of the person that they're working with and gives them a hundred percent acceptance um, maybe even maybe even unconditional love if they're really good if you've had that experience it's amazing to to have unconditional love it doesn't have to be a therapist either a dog and a cat well maybe a cat i'm not sure cats give unconditional love but but dogs do um so and i think my cats do and you probably think your cats do too but it's about giving that unconditional love first it's about slowing down looking deeply into the host's eyes when this is you know tv live or video when you're looking actually into the the dot but you can also look at the person in between um, them asking the question and getting into the state of readiness. It's getting yourself into a state of readiness and aliveness and connection. And it's very simple. It's just taking a breath and thinking of something that's really wonderful. You can think of someone you love or a great experience. You can think of a person or a pet or an experience that feels really good. So you get that feeling in your body and then you convey that through your eyes to the person or to the video. And then that translates to deep connection with your audience in those mediums, either video or, or TV, and the audience feels it energetically because you're in that state of readiness. And that's something that sports uh, peak performance that part about getting it into your body and reviewing the experience and the feeling and what's going to happen, that kind of reviewal, if that's a word, is something that peak performance athletes have been doing for quite a long time. So by the time they're on the ski slope or on the tennis court, that's deeply ingrained and they can just call upon it in the moment. And some people have trigger words or words that just say, you know, I'm ready or um, I'm there, whatever that is. Some people need a word to get into that state and some people might have a movement to get into that state. But that's, I think actually I would put that as number one because we want to get in that state before we go live. So that is I love that. I love that. Thank you. You know what I do every t- and I hadn't heard it put that succinctly, but I know exactly what you're talking about. And I know with my podcast, nobody can see me. You know, I'm sitting here in my office. I've got a cat sitting over here on a pile of books. I'm good, but I they can hear me. So they can see me because they can hear me. If that makes any sense. So I do. Oh, it does. Amy Cuddy, I think it's Amy Cuddy, you know, she did the mm-hmm. um, the TED Talk. And I will jump up just before I'm getting ready to dial in and talk with you in, the, in my virtual green room. I will stand up. I will, you know, do my Wonder Woman pose, and then off I go. Because mm-hmm. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm Wonder Woman. It's I all the way that. to the end of it. She taught me that. I mean, you always, and I went, well, that makes sense. So I do it every single time I'm going to talk with a guest, every single time. Whatever works for you. You know, it's individual, just like your, that's maybe one of your quirks, right? That's an individual <laughs> thing that, that really works for you. And, yes, I'm happy that you brought up that it comes through your voice because sometimes we just do have the voice on radio and, and many podcasts, which aren't video either. 
and in connection with our our potential clients and customers. It's sometimes voice only. So yeah, it has to translate through your voice, even if somebody doesn't see you, they should feel like they know you. Exactly. And you know, you'll, you always hear about people saying, okay, if you're going to be on the end of a phone, let's say you're in customer service, smile. They don't see mm-hmm. you, but smile because they're going to hear you if you're grumpy or you've got what I call resting bitch face going on. People right. can tell. God forbid. You know, yeah. Can. <laughs> Smile. I know, and you know, and mean you know it. the meditation master, Thich Nhat Hanh, who's, sorry to interrupt you, the meditation master, Thich Nhat Hanh, one of his first um, things when people are beginning to meditate is he just says, Smile. Smile, think of a flower. I love that. I love that kind of simplicity where people, you know, they get hung up on meditation that it's so difficult. Just lower your eyes, lower your gaze, and smile. And that automatically starts to put you in a state of receptivity and of openness. And I think that when we're in that state, you know, really, the magic happens. Unexpected and wonderful things happen. And it's so simple. Just that, that, the smile. I mean, I think that's one of the most basic things that we, you know, we do it with babies, right? We do it with pets. We're like, cushy, cushy, coo, tickle, 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 smile, 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 right? Like, I think it's very ingrained in our human DNA. It is. And the thing is, you know, if you're going to be walking around frowning and grumpy, that's going to translate to everybody, you know, and pretty soon you're going to find out that nobody really wants to be around you. They just don't. They can pick that up pretty, pretty quickly. And I think this is something that people don't really understand about social media, whatever it is, whether it's Twitter. I just got back on Twitter yesterday. I left two years ago. It was a cesspool. We'll see what happens now. Um, yeah, And whatever I'm doing on social media, if I'm in a mood, I don't do it. I know better because my personality mm-hmm. is going to, well, my attitude is going to show up. Whether I think it is or not, I may just be wanting to rant about something. Don't do that. Don't rant. Just don't. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> so. uh, don't rant unless unless I think that rants. I I I, I think that rants can be productive though. To to I mean, I remember the New York Times doing some statistical studies on what got the most uh, reads in their articles, and one of them was a rant because. And, and I think it is super popular on, on, on in the media anyway because it's a strong opinion or a strong stand on an issue. And so that can then spark strong feelings on both sides. So it can be conversations if, if done convers- – yeah, and if, if done constructively, right? Like I think – that anyone who's who's moving toward a cause or something that's important to their heart, if they go on a rant and and part of it, you know, is substantiated by statistics and that it's not just an opinion rant, but it's something that we need that that needs to to have our attention. I think it can be really productive. Well, see, that makes sense. But if you're just complaining to complain, don't do that. I'm no, telling you, no, don't no, do it. No, don't do that. And too no, many people no, think, oh well. You know, I've only got five friends on Facebook. Nobody's going to see it. Google will. Seriously, just don't oh, yeah. put stuff out there that you don't want to show up on your I'm Christmas you. card. Or your grandma says, um, can we not? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> just, you know, just, 
and I don't want to say behave yourself, but use kindness and compassion and assurance and, you know, just be you. Be the best you when you're out there on the web. I think, though, you can start with a, a, a one another way to dazzle media is to start with a shocking statement or fact. It's um, That is something that will, you know, boom, you know, bring people together or against something really fast. Um, I was here, here's one. It's like, it's not if we'll be cyber attacked, it's when. I just did a live media training workshop, and one of the participants was a cybersecurity expert, and he runs a prominent firm. And he said that something I didn't know was our national security. Uh, NSA has already been compromised. It was breached long ago. So other countries already have a lot of our cyber um, uh, cybersecurity China. secrets. They've, and they've been yeah, having and, everything we've got forever. Right. And the statistic is, you know, a total, I just saw this yesterday, a total of um, almost a, over 100, 108, 108 million accounts were breached in the third quarter of 2022, which is a 70% increase compared to the previous quarter. We're, we're here. But so when I say a shocking statement, in fact, it can also be something surprising or controversial or counterintuitive, something that evokes emotion, but it rivets the host and the audience so they want to know what's next. So for me, I mean... I'm so it, glad you said is, that. I'm, I mean, you're just, yeah? you just became my new best friend. I'm writing oh. a book. I'm creating a, a group. A co- thank you. A coaching group. And I'm creating multiple, you know, just ways for you to figure out how to, you know, I'm, edu- I'm be- about to become an educator. I'm stuttering because I'm like, oh, I need to talk about You've this. been an educator, Denise. You know, you've well, been one for years. Now I'm going to actually put it out. I feel like I've, I know what I'm doing over here on this podcast, but I haven't shared it. And I feel very guilty about that. Mm. So it's time for me to get out of my own way. But something you just said just made me stand up and go, oh, I have a very contrarian view on how to podcast. Very. So, and that's going to show up, you know, because to me, you've heard me say this, and I'll share it with you, but here's the thing. I belong firmly in the keep it simple, stupid camp of podcasting, very firmly. Don't make it difficult. Don't pay for things that you can't afford. Make it easy. Make it easy for you. Make it easy for the guests and just keep building as you go. And, you know, if they go into some of these groups, they're like, oh, you need to buy this. You need 6,000 bucks later. They're like, okay, now I'm ready. What? I have a contrarian view for all that. Don't be stupid. Start easy. So there you go. Well, and that the so you have lowered the barrier to entry, which I think is super important because it's, I think myself included, when when technology gets complicated, I just won't do it, right? Because it's too scary and it's too it's too much. So for you to say, you know, you just need a phone, like what I'm on now because we tried this on my computer by the way. Me too. We were trying to Me too. <laughs> you know, my, so we, since I had phone. to change from yeah. my old computer to my new one, I can't get my headsets to work. So I'm on my phone. We're having a good time. It works. We are. We are. So that is that is, you know, so I think so yeah, just to get started. I, I, wherever you are, and I know a lot of people say that, but but I think that people still think that they can't start where they are. But there's nowhere else to start. 
Like you can't start anywhere else than where you are, right? Like that's the crazy part of it. It's it's and then just to get going and really start to get those repetitions in to get good at anything. And and it's not the ten thousand repetitions exact same way. It's ten thousand iterations of tweaking it each time. I mean that's how I got my my black belt in Aikido which is still uh, a surprise to me, and I'm nowhere near graceful or beautiful doing Aikido, but it was the consistent practice of going to a class for two hours every night for days a week and and consistently making those changes until until something finally clicked or clicked one out of a hundred. My sensei used to say, if you one out of a hundred throws feels great, you're 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 in the flow. And I'm like and then remember what you did. Remember the feeling of it. Remember because it's like, oh my God, the two hundred pound guy just flew. What did I do? You know, and remembering the feeling and then remembering the technique behind the feeling. Yep. And that goes back to what you were talking about earlier. You know, you just go ahead and you smile. And, you you know, when you're talking to somebody or you're looking them in the eye, you're, how, how did you say that? It was something to do with John F. Kennedy. Repeat that for me. He called it planting, eye planting, where he would look from one eye to the other. And we can do this to people. That was more in person when you're looking at someone. Sometimes it's hard to look at both eyes at the same time. So he would look at one eye and then the other eye. And people feel deeply seen and felt and accepted when, when that happens, when we're, when we're really gazing with them in a soft gaze and really, what you said before, it's like really being present and listening to who they are. And he was, obviously, he was a, he was a babe magnet, too, because he must, I mean, that was, that's part of it. Right, like to be to be seen and accepted, and then we feel that energetic connection. Which some, you know, the sexual can it can be sexual, but it can be non-sexual. But it's all along the same continuum. It's all the energetics. It's just how you intend it, right? So you can manage your manage, you can manage that part to not turn it into sexual energy. But it does feel very intimate. I guess that's the word. It feels very intimate personal yeah and that's part of being seen i mean that's there's an intimacy to just feeling like somebody gets you whether you ever speak with them again or you ever see them again at that moment in time they got you at least that's how you felt that's right that's exactly right and i think that's the most important thing in any media appearance is to leave people feeling light at the end of every interview, like in a high note, no matter how dire your topic, because we have serious topics, but to end on the feel-good aspect of it, um, that's, like, super important in, in any yeah. interview. To not leave people in a, in, a, in a dire place, even if a topic is serious. And, and, you know, yeah, if and they're clutching their the stomach, speakers, you probably need to, right. you know, maybe rework that a bit. <laughs> yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so today you and I'm, we're getting way off topic, and that's my fault because I'm like, oh, I've got stuff to ask. Today you're joining us to share five tips to dazzle the media, and I really want to know how that works because I'm not looking to dazzle the media just yet, 
that there's going to be a point where awesome. I want them to pay attention to me. Sure. Absolutely. When you when you when you go on your book tour, when you do your book tour. So so number one was plant the eye garden, which we talked about. Number two is start with a shocking statement or fact. And number three is to play with props because and this is this is this is for video and TV because we're not seeing each other here on the radio. And and this can be an event as well. So one of my clients is a telehealth evangelist, um, and she's a doctor, and she was just going to a gala to raise money for children with chronic or fatal diseases. And we were talking about, there were a lot of celebrities there, that, and we wanted her to connect with celebrities, and we were trying to figure out, so it works for TV and it also works for in-person. We were trying to figure out um, what can she bring to give to a celebrity so she'll be memorable. And we talked about her kids love Legos, and so she did a Lego model of herself. And that's memorable and it's tactile. So anything that amplifies, supports, or simplifies, or even shortcuts your message on TV, some kind of physical prop. So play with the prop. So one of my clients who was a peak performance expert um, was kind of complicated talking about the brain, but she brought a brain and could point to different parts of the brain um, that were enacted to get to that peak performance in business and in sports. And so anything that is physical or and, – and the more movement, the better, like if it can be squeezed or – oh, I remember another one. I was media training Debbie Ford, um, who sadly passed away, but she um, – uh, she was. She's a very well-known New York Times best-selling author and transformational speaker. And we. She was talking about the baggage that we carry around. And I said, "Why don't you bring a giant ball?" And so she brought this gigantic, gigantic ball. You know, one of those yoga balls that you lay on, too. And she said, "It's like carrying." this around with you. Your, your old baggage is like carrying this ball. We also talked about should she bring a backpack and just fling it onto her back. It doesn't matter. It's like the ball was a little more interactive than flinging on a backpack, but it's like this is, if we don't, you know, deal with our own past, it's like carrying it around and it weighs us down. And then at that time, this was quite a long time ago, the Elliot Spitzer controversy broke where he was having sex with men in bathrooms. And so it was perfect to tie into what was going on in the media today. But being able to see that ball and use it immediately brings a conversation to uh, immediately starts a conversation. And that's really what you want to have that and have it be memorable. So it's memorable, it's tactile, it has a conversation. And I haven't talked to my telehealth a gal yet to see what happened with her giving away that Lego. But that's also, you know, something um, when you want to leave people with something that is very specific, not a pen. I'm not talking about like the pen thing, you know, it's something that is really uniquely you and whatever your offer is. Does that make sense? It does. And I remember when she passed away, that was, she was just so beautiful and so brilliant. And oh, right. Really sad. I know. It's the saddest thing. It Very was, but you know what I'm taking away from her with that ball? You know, I'm thinking of the, the yoga chair ball. If you walk in around and you've got your arms wrapped around that because how can you do anything else? I mean, you're stuck right. with this thing right in front of you. It's You're stuck with it. It's not going to go away. It's huge. It's attached to you. And what the heck? I mean, how do you get, well, I would take a needle and poke it, but... <laughs> I find a way to get rid of it. <laughs> but, 
But I'm, I've got this image in my head that you're walking around with this, wrapped around this ball, and people can't get to you. They can't get to your airspace. You can't make eye contact because you're now trying not to run into the mantle. I mean, I've got this whole thing going on in my head with that. So, yeah. I love how you expanded that, and I and I like you talk about pin pricking it because that would be really fun to do, like with a balloon that would make a big sound. Yeah. <laughs> you know that that like, would be really you go fun. now. Gotta go. Fun. Yeah. Well, that would, and it, that it makes been really sense. Fun too. But see yeah. what you did—you put an image in my head, and now I'm thinking I never want to have that. You know, barring me from anything, and that's what it's doing. It's barring you from practically mm-hmm. everything. That's such a great point. I mean, and that's really um, one of the study out from Cornell was what the most important quality that a leader can have today is self-awareness, which is was shocking to a lot of people in terms of uh, having that kind of self-awareness to be able to start to move through those issues because they show up instantly when you're when you become a public person. We all can see them instantly. Um, it, it just it, we don't think that it shows, but it does, and so that's a real case for being able to start to move through those things that are trigger points for you, that are that trigger you, that make you angry, that make you sad. We go through in media training all of your worst case scenarios and the questions that you don't want to be asked to bring out those trigger points, so they don't come out when you're on media. So, so we can work them through before the media, because you don't want them to be. Uh, most people don't want them to be worked through in a public arena. So kind of like trial prep. You know, you don't want to it's exactly to show it's exactly up and like trial prep. blurt. Yeah, I did it. Sorry. I mean, you just don't want to do yeah. that. No, you don't want to do it. You don't want to do it, and it happens in pitch meetings when you know when also for for founders in pitch meetings because they're asked questions that are either inappropriate or aggressive. Or just, um, I had one client, and there was one man. He was going around for he was going for next round funding a, a medical device company and uh, worldwide. And and there was one guy that just got under his skin each time. So we went through those questions, and until he didn't react anymore, till he could respond with equanimity and grace to those questions that were so irritating to him. And he wasn't even sure, we don't always have to get to the source, he wasn't even sure why it was so irritating, but there was this one man and one personality who just get under his skin. It's like what we say about our parents, like why can they, why can your parents, um, you know, trigger you in an instant, you know, because why can they, what, what's the saying, why can they um, uh, get to your, Oh my God, Denise! I forgot. They push your buttons. They can push your buttons before. They don't even have to take a breath. Yep. They've installed them. Thank you. It was buttons. They did. Yeah. So because they've installed those buttons, that's why they can push them. So whatever your buttons are, we want to unearth those so they're not pushed when you're in a situation where it really matters. You're telling me so much that I honestly didn't know that people need. Mm. I mean, it just. You know, a lot of us, me included, just, well, I'll just open my mouth and see what comes out. Apparently, that's not a good idea, especially if you're going to get serious about, you know, being an author or being in the media or wherever it is that you're going to go. 
you really need to know what you're doing and how to navigate. And that's what I'm hearing from you, which I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Yeah, thank you for that. It's about being deeply intentional. And I did have another client come to me and said, you know, the PR firm was booking her on quite a lot of media, really rapid fire, both on social media and traditional media. And she said, I don't know what I'm doing. She, she, was, she was very fluent, but she didn't have an underlying strategy or furthering her cause, furthering what the messaging that she wanted out there to grow her business and brand. And that's where we start. What's your deepest intention? How do you want to serve? Because that's the foundation of everything that you're going to say. So like when you're starting your, your course or your book, it's like what, what is it that you want your audience to know now and how can you help? And, and how can you deliver that message and give them something that only you can with your personality and the knowledge and skills and experience that you have? So we start with the deep intentionality. And also the other thing that she didn't know is that because we as women have the disease to please that you have to answer every question um, literally. I'm like, you don't have to answer any question ever. You know, there are ways that we can. Thank you for saying that. Because I am known to say, why did you, you know, somebody will ask me something that I think is a little impertinent and I'll, give my, you know, the Denise side eye and say, why do you ask? And that shuts them up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't always answer and, questions. It's not your business. Yeah, for you. Good for you. And, 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 and that's a perfectly fine answer, too. And then there are other answers, too, where you need to instantly navigate to the information that you do want your audience to know. So the one question... Give me some examples. Yeah, uh, uh, the, the, this one will save your skin in any situation. I don't know about that, and what I do know is. So if I asked you an impertinent question, um, you know, you could say just that. And then you want to transition exactly to the, the message that you want the audience to give. So I could ask mm. you anything. I could say, um, why, do you wear, why do you think wearing stilettos is a good idea? You know, I mean, you know, blah, it could be anything. And you you could, you know, transition. The other thing you could do is transition to using it. So you could say, I'm a nerd in stilettos because I'm, um, I like to make my points quickly and the shoes represent <laughs> that. Resent my, <laughs> represent my, like that. <laughs> my, my quickness on, uh, my quickness on technology and being able to get to the, the point with my like clients and translate their ideas into a website. You could easily use that as well. Okay, I'm relocating that. Say. Just so you know, I'll give you credit, but I'm relocating <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, and then there's there's a, there are a gazillion. Um, you, you can say something like, um, that's a fascinating question that I will never answer. That's kind of a full stop, but it's funny. You know, but, and then you want to, again, go on to the information that you, that you need. Um, so that's, so, so there's, there's lots and lots of statements like that. You can also transition to something, well, many people want, go, you can kind of go into the underlying question as to what, what people really want to know, because sometimes the surface questions you don't want to answer, but you want to answer the question. And you can say, well, I think you're asking me is, and then answer that deeper question. What I think you're asking me is, like, how can I be 
um, you know, a nerd and feminine at the same time and run a very male-oriented business, which is what we consider technology. Right. So yeah, I found that out in college. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't care. I was there to learn, and you know, if they wanted to get ugly, and one or two of them tried, didn't work well for them. But it turned out that after a while, we would all help each other. I just, you know, stayed true to who I was and ignored them when they decided to go all boy on me. I said, ah, shut up. <laughs> we wound up getting along but fine, but really I wasn't going to tolerate skill. their baloney. And that, and I think that's harder for women than for men because we it has been ingrained in us to make people comfortable and smooth it over, smooth it yeah. over, right? And yeah. you don't cotton to that. And so, not often. I mean, I'm not going to be mm-hmm. mean for the sake of being mean, but I'm also not going to let you bully me. That's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. In the in the workshop that I did over the weekend, there was a woman, a very strong woman, in there who runs a thirty million dollar business, and we were talking about. She was talking about a controversial topic, and she said, "Why shouldn't I be like right out there and um, give a full stop?" Like she was speaking at conferences, but that's your choice. That the choice of full stop and being in someone's face is always a choice. Here are three ways that you can do it. You know, you can soften it you can go directly to it or you can do full stop. And in Aikido, we like to, uh, Japanese martial arts, we we do what we never like do a, a direct punch. We we move the in the energy that the conversation is going and then slightly shift that and take the other person off balance and throw them. So that's a media technique as well. So you can go with and then change the direction and, and go with. Or if if you do want that kind of shock, you can do the, a punch. To, it would be like a punch to somebody's face. If you need a full stop, if you need a shocker, if you need a pattern interrupt, which could be something as raising your voice or saying the person's name, Denise, that's just not true. You know, that would be like a full stop. Um, but you could also go at that same thing by saying um, many people believe as you do and statistics show otherwise and then begin to share the statistics and back that up. That's going with and shifting. So it's your choice always about what kind of... I like that one, going with and shifting. I like that one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can use all of them. But you have to be able to think on your feet. You have to be able to speak Mm -hmm. extemporaneously. And some people just That's freeze. That's the practice. Right. Oh, they do, but part of that it makes is the sense. practice. Part of it is the practice. It's really getting into all of those situations, and, and, and that's why we practice worst-case scenario and, and with the energy of it, with the hard questions, with the aggression, with the over-intimate questions, which women often get. This, how did it's you practice. start doing this? this? Yeah, that's... That has happened to me all my life, and you know, I've learned to deal with it, but I don't yeah, Hello? Like it. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's yeah, I will look at you and, yeah. yeah. I'll look at you and say, what? Well, in the South, we'll say, pardon me? And if we say pardon me in a very sweet tone, 
Leave. Uh-huh. Leave now. Go to another zip code yeah. quickly because we're about to get you. Oh, I do I do not want to, uh, Southern women, no, I do not want to raise the ire of any Southern woman. That would be very dangerous. Me either. They scare me, and I is one. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you just want to be really careful around, you know, when you're going to get nasty, you better be prepared to, you know, have one of these scenarios that, you know, you just shared with us. And I want to go back because I keep interrupting you. I'm so sorry, but I'm genuinely fascinated what we've got five tips did we make it i think we made it to four yeah so a mix personal with professional which is personal stories with professional ones but ultimately if you can share a secret about yourself that you've never shared that is within your comfort zone of intimacy uh, or private that feels right to you that's really lovely and fresh because any interviewer wants the fresh. They don't want a story that you've told a million times, even though, of course, I want you to have those rehearsed messaging, but you can always make it fresh and you can you can tell a part of a story or tell a story in a different way. And those are the kinds of things because we today we we want to know you personally. We don't want to just know you professionally. We really want to hear, like you, we want to hear about your cat. We want to hear about what goes on behind the scenes, what you what you do, um, how you you know how you live, um, and you know Oprah is really we really have to give Oprah credit for that for opening the doors for emotional truths to begin to allow people to share things that were private when people thought they were just that they were alone. So anything that you can share with people to let them know that they're not alone or that's a shared experience that that resonates that's happened in your personal life too is a way of, of forging a deep connection with the audience. Susan, you mentioned Oprah. You're known as the go to girl for getting on Oprah. And this you've got to tell the story. How were you almost sold into slavery for ten camels and a mule? I need to know. <laughs> well, I was um, in Israel uh, on vacation, and um, I had just been okay. We went to the Dead Sea, and we didn't have our bathing suits, and we weren't planning to go in the water. And so I, um, I wanted to go in the Dead Sea and float, and so I went into my dress, and my dress it was highly you know concentrated salt water so when i came out my dress had pretty much disintegrated on me like it was really it was a very thin cotton because it's so hot in israel and really it was like half a dress and i was walking in jerusalem behind my brother and a man comes up behind me and says um i want to i want to buy you for 10 camels and a mule are you married (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, uh, yeah. And, and I said, and I said to him, I said, that it doesn't sound like very much. And he said, it is a lot. Is that your husband up there? I tell him, I tell him, I buy you for ten camels and a mule. And I said, um, yeah, it was really actually quite scary. And I, you know, hustled up to my brother. But what I took away from that too is like really. Like how, and he did follow us for quite some time, is how, um, 
how much do we value ourselves? I've really thought of this for as a woman. And I, I found out later that, um, that that was a pretty good price. I was in my 30s, so I was not like a young, you know, I wasn't too young. And I did find out someone later told me that they were offered like 20 camels and a couple mules, but she was like a gorgeous blonde, right? But I'm thinking back on that, and it's like really it's people pick up on how much you value yourself. And, you know, oftentimes. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. And I think that that kind of training in self-valuation is something that is underneath the media training, too. So people follow your lead. And the lead is not always immediately on the surface. It's really the work that you've done behind the scenes that shows up that we all get because we all get you in an instant. Now it's one third, like one, it's like one third of a second. We've already, we've already summed you up, you know? And I do. And we, we used to be, you you know, you had, they would say, oh, you've got three minutes on the internet. Nope, nope, nope. Not anymore. You don't. No, you really don't. don't. People know. And we judge. People say, oh, don't, don't be judgmental. We have to be judgmental. That's how we keep ourselves safe. It's, you know, part of being human. We have to make instant judgments. Point. Now, some of them you have to say, okay, that one was wrong. And, you know, but you have to be willing to let go of that initial judgment, which might have been negative, and say, oh, okay, well, I don't hate him after all, <laughs> kind of, but, you know, <laughs> we have to, we have to, we have to judge. I mean, that's something. just all there is to it. I think it is a safety measure, and we we pick and sometimes what we're picking up is people's defenses, right? And mm-hmm. when we get to know them, we realize that that's that's how they're keeping themselves safe, whether it's productive or not, right? But but it's starting to really for media, it's really starting to smooth out all of those rough edges that. And, and I don't mean if you're a controversial person to smooth out your rough edges. Keep keep your rough edges if that's your brand, right? But but smoothing out those things that tweak us, that that take us out of um, the take us out of react and into response. Gotcha. Yeah. Listen, I, did and we make it all the way to five? Yeah, but you know what? I have six. I was thinking about this. Oh, so I wanted share, to share, share, share. Yeah, because. So socialize your story. So this is about circulating and recirculating and repurposing your wins, your stories, your, your, the things that are really resonating. When the media is looking for an expert, then you'll be everywhere in snippets and sound bites now. And, you know, the, you, you might not like to hear this, Denise, but now the 15-second to 59-second videos are the consumptive norm. So people are watching, you know, just like 15-second snippets. I mean, that's TikTok, right? And sometimes they're strung together. But now people are, you know, not investing as much time if they don't know you in like a four-minute or 10-minute or 30-minute video or whatever their mode of consumption is. Podcasting is, is a little bit different and a different audience, right? Like when we're listeners. Um, but this is the these are the stats right now 15 seconds 59 seconds so when you can take all of your information 
and put it out there. And I know you do this. You put it out in little snippets too. We're putting it out there and starting to circulate it on the net. When the media is looking for an expert then, they see all of those, that, that multitude of, of, of you out there. And it also, you talked about SEO because you're an expert in that. It helps with your SEO to be out there in all of these areas, right? Like when, when, when the media is searching for you because they're searching for your topic and Google is the number one way that they find experts. Yes, they're going to look to you, have you been in the media before? But when they land and they find you, you want to have them riveted. You want them to say, yes, I want you as a guest on my podcast, on my show, on my, you know, for my um, for my article in my blog. So what I'm hearing you say, you didn't say it, but this is what I, I translated it to is leave breadcrumbs. Leave them everywhere. Oh, yeah, I like that. Uh-huh. Yeah, breadcrumbs. Yep, 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 like Hansel and Gretel. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Put breadcrumbs so people can the, find you, whether it's, yeah. Yeah, whether it's a, a tiny 15-second or in this case, if it's, you know, 60 minutes and they get to know you because they're hearing you, they're hearing your voice or whatever it's going to be. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a graphic that I create. But leave those breadcrumbs and people are going to find you. I wanted to ask you really quickly, I was wandering around a couple of your, your pages on your website, and this grabbed me, Geek Speak to Media Speak. Explain that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, so my my client Jeannie Harbour, who now who became a friend, when she's an academic, and this is really common with academics and you know people who are super smarty boots. And so we can put doctors, academics, psychologists, anybody who's a doc, you know, doctors. They're they're all um, oftentimes they speak in their own language, and even even on the internet, you know, there's a there's specific language and we need to be able to translate that so when i couldn't even understand what she was saying at first and i'm like she she talks like a geek it's just like you know with software like can you read those manuals and understand anything on a computer no that is geek speak and we want to be able to translate to to the media anything that's 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 jargon or that's salesy or anything that doesn't resonate so no matter how complicated your topic we have to be able to speak it so people can understand it jargon-free. And, and that doesn't mean that you can't use the terms that are important to you, but you have to be able to explain them. To, to the, so if you do want to use a term that you want to introduce into the vernacular, you can say it and then say what it means. So she was able to do that and then got in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. She got $100,000 contracts um, once she was able to, to speak to that. Um, I was just talking to a gal who is transforming the metaverse and looking for funding. And I mean, she's got her whole vision of what the metaverse is. And she hasn't been able to get funding. And when I listened to her talk, I said, because this talk that she was giving was specific to um, architects. And so you have Uh, to hear whatever you want to say. I said, you can't speak to architects the same way you speak to somebody who you're looking for funding for your your business. And I see we're coming up on the hour, Denise, and I know we're going to get cut off in one minute. No, (laughs) no. The the streaming will stop, but we'll keep recording. So don't stop. Keep going. Oh, okay. It'll still show up when people come to find us later. They'll hear it all the way to the end. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because I was like, 
Um, so that's another thing for you, for you, the listener, is that you you also have to, yes, the host is paying attention to the time, but you have to monitor yourself to make sure that you're, you are conforming to whatever time frame the, the host gives you and whether it's going to cut off instantly or not, right? Like uh, on a TV show, of course it is, they're going to go to commercial or it's going to just stop. So you have to be able to, to confine your messaging to the medium that you're speaking in. Um, so back to so back to her. So we were really working on well, what's the messaging for for each audience? And she also had a consumer audience, like a general audience too. And I, she said, Yeah, I say the same thing to all those three audiences. I'm like, Well, what's been the result? And she's like, Well, she's not getting the funding. So we know that needs to we know that needs to change because it's market um, response. So and and that's. And that's something that you can play with, right? Like if you're not getting a response, then we need to change it or it's the wrong market or the wrong, the wrong people, right? So we look at that. Like a, are you saying the right things to the right people in the right tone at the right time to resonate with them? But that means that you really need to understand your audience. And each audience mm-hmm. is not going to be the same, which you just spelled out so succinctly. So you have to really understand what it is that they're looking for from you and speak directly to them in a means or a fashion that they understand. Listen, I will often tell people, listen, I know that you're brilliant. I know that you've got multiple degrees. Sometimes you just have to keep it Homer Simpson stupid, simple. Mm-hmm. You know, just <laughs> cut it out, you know, cut out the big words. I get accused of this all the time. You know, my sister will say, you're using big words. Sorry, <laughs> off we go. <laughs> she knows the same words. She just likes to, you know, give me harass me a bit. But yeah, people want to know. Here's the thing, and I've learned this with web development and with social media marketing. People really, all they want to know is what's in it for them. I think it largely boils down to that. What's in it for them? Can they understand you? Do they know you? Do they like you? Do they trust you? Now you can ask them to pay attention or ask them for funding or ask them for money. Am, am I far off? No, you're exactly on point. And, and um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I was um, media training another woman who was trying to get funding for, she has a shampoo, which, um, which can help really, truly make your hair grow back. And so she has all these on the net of her of men who who go from bald and they get their hair and it works for women too. And when I listened to her pitch, she was talking about um, she was talking about men because she's international. She was talking about men in other countries because she'd done most of her research in India and other countries. And and I said, but you're in America, and you're talking to probably white bald men in front of you. And so you're not speaking to their market. And, and I said, so, you know, her pitch was great, but it wasn't right for the audience because she kept using examples that were international. I said, well, what, well, what people, what your investors want first is, is this going to play in the U.S.? Because they're investing because this is where they are. They don't know the foreign markets like you do. That can come later. And I said, and here's another thing to do. I mean, give them the experience. Tell them to take the shampoo home, to take the shampoo and conditioner and this other product home and come back, use it every day or three times a week, and 
come back in three weeks, and if it works, you say, say to them, if it works, you'll give me funding. But give them the product, have them take it home, and, and try it. So we just want to think about, like, what, is, what does the audience need? Like, are they willing to do that? And, and of course, ask for the sale. You know, in that specific so instance, it's like, you, yeah. You were advising that she make them her case studies. Yes. She had plenty of Perfect. case studies, but they weren't Brilliant. And I'm like, well, each of them, because they're probably all over 50, could use your product and, and I get their agreement that they'll do it and that if it works, they'll fund you. You know? So it is very, very specific to the audience. If her audience were women, like it would be a different message. And, and you know, it works for women too, but that's not as pressing. Women losing their hair after menopause, that's definitely a market. But those men who are giving you the funding are not that interested in that market, right? So you, you need to present it in terms of their interests first. And that goes for any, any topic um, and any, any media topic. If you're speaking to lawyers, it's going to be completely different messaging. Than when you're, is that you know right? what, what happened? Did I say something? Hold on. Did I say something? In, wait, wait. Politically incorrect. If I did, I apologize. Whatever the word is. For, for oh, please, you're talking to me. You can or whatever. <laughs> no, but the whole country. Like, you're talking to me. It's but there's fine. like the housewives of New Jersey or whatever. So, so just you know, but but this is where we live right now. Have I? I did not. If I, I did not intentionally. You know, correct me if I'm I wrong. I didn't hear anything. And, and nice you're fine. Okay. And remember, okay. I have no filters, so we're getting everything is good here. I didn't hear anything that could be even remotely objectionable but because I was getting ready to interrupt you and I wasn't, you know, I didn't hear it. Seriously, you don't owe anybody an apology. But here's the thing. We, we're all of us guilty of this tunnel vision. We're so close to what we do, what we're passionate about, how we build it, how we think it, how we breathe it, how we sleep it. We get tunnel vision and we literally will box ourselves into a, a corner because we just we know it's perfect it's beautiful it's going to work but we don't know how to get that out and that's where you come mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. 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 yeah and i really yeah i really i really love that because i think there's so many people out there with an important um, message and you know my favorite clients are the ones who are you know socially conscious business social entrepreneurship and and there's so many and I think that a lot of people who are they're introverts or um, or women who may be hesitant about speaking up and speaking out and those are the kinds of people whose messaging is super important and I want to help them get it out there in the most comfortable way possible and and so I think that you know, you and I did talk in, in the beginning about imposter syndrome because I think it's such a 75% of women um, do have imposter syndrome in one way, shape, or form, but I think it really holds women back from <clears throat> stepping out into the more public domain and, and speaking up. And part of that is, is um, imposter syndrome or feeling like you're fraud or you're not ready. But the other part, which a couple of my women clients have come to me about is the trolling that's happening on the internet. And um, that is just a sad fact of where we are right now. But I was just listening to these two young podcasters and they're like, that we can't let that stop us because somebody, she was talking about, oh my gosh, I can't even believe this, Denise. 
somebody would go through her website and actually, so they post it on social media, of course, but then they also go through the added step of filling out a form on her website to insult her. Like, and putting in all of her information, like her name, her email address. So talk about chicken, you know, chicken and people that we don't need to listen to. Um, and and to to insult her. And I was like, I was like, wow, it's like people will really, they have a lot of time on their hands. And exactly. they don't have, I was just thinking <laughs> that, why don't they have a job? I mean, they've got, right? they're not doing anything good for themselves or the world. No, and those are the people that we need to ignore and not give any, uh, any energy to at all and not to our energy. And we can't let that stop us as women or as men for what what we came here to do. What we came here to do can't be thwarted by someone who doesn't want us to do it or disagrees with us or whatever. And that takes some practice and thick skinness and and really um you know, setting up a system for um setting up a system for for not um listening to those outside voices that could thwart us from moving forward with we, with what we need we know is right and is for the good of all beings. Exactly, Larry Wing has been my guest many times. You know, people of personal development, and the very first conversation I had with him way back in the day. I mean, this was probably ten, twelve years ago now, and I wrote it on an index card. It's still stuck up on my my whiteboard. He was talking about a book that he had read, and I think the title of the book was What You Think of Me is Really Not My Business or My Concern or something like that. And I said, Mm -hmm. you just described how I live my life and what you think is your issue. Now, if you try to make it my issue, we may have words. But for the most part, I really don't care. And you know why I don't care? And I don't mean that to sound you know, really harsh, but I'm not in charge of your thinking. I'm just not. <laughs> that's so, a great line. I am writing that down. I'm, I'm writing that down, Denise. <laughs> I'm not in charge of your thinking. Yeah. And if you've got stinking thinking, that's your problem, that. not mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the stinking thinking. I like that line, too. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. Yeah, I'm not in charge of your thinking. I, I no. remember that not line. Yeah. I mean, I'm barely in charge of my own. Why would I take yours on? <laughs> so, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. And every once in a while, somebody, <laughs> rarely somebody will say something that has my eyebrow. I, you know, I can do that one eyebrow thing. That's another thing. Go, mm. leave now. If I did the one eyebrow at you, get out of my way. But if I, and I'll just go, huh, well, you're not worthy of my time. Unless they are, then I might try to say, okay, what's going on? Why why are you so touchy about this? But most of the time I'm like, okay, good luck. Bye-bye. And I just I forget mm-hmm. about it. I don't mm-hmm. ever give it any more thought. Some people are worth your time. Some people are not. It's up to you to decide who is and who isn't. I think that's brilliant advice. And not so easy to take. <laughs> you know, especially, yeah, especially when, when comments are cruel or when there's a lot of them. Brene Brown talked about that too. You know, when know. when she first did her TED talk and that was sort of barrage. I mean, it was just it was heart it was heartrending. And I think that women are dealing with that today. And so, you know, that was a big concern with two of my clients, the women clients, who have really important message. And I said, we're setting up a strategy to deal with this. And um, I actually wrote a LinkedIn post about it, where there were five women who dealt with it five different ways. 
and um, and I thought they were all brilliant and could be used in succession or separately, or if you just adopt one strategy. It's whatever is right for you. But but no matter what is right for you, adopt a strategy, whether it's never reading them. Some people don't read the book reviews or they don't read the comments on social media. That, that's a strategy, not giving it any energy. But there's also a strategy of um, speaking back and opening a conversation if it's something valid yeah, that can it makes further sense. thinking, that can further right. thinking if it makes sense. It does. Um, and, but you have to pick yeah, those So battles. there's all different ways. You do, and that, and that's a choice too. I saw a brilliant. Um, I, uh, there was this woman. Um, what did she write? Oh, the the future is female. The future of food is female, and she had lots of tattoos everywhere. Really gorgeous woman, lots of tattoos, and she was having a conversation that I chimed in on on LinkedIn, which I rarely do, about the nature of conversation and how it's not nuanced anymore. And that we really want to have these kind of conversations of connection instead of um, instead of dissection or you know creating these these rifts between us. And this man popped in and said um, something nasty about her tattoos. And she wrote back, which I thought was a brilliant comment. That's what you're taking away from this conversation. So and she made like a smiley face or something. And I thought, wow, that was a really brilliant way of handling that, calling him out, but in a way that was um, was helpful to all of us, I think, and showing us a way, a different way of dealing with this. And I thought, wow, that's a brilliant way of dealing with this. I'm going to add that to my repertoire, right? Like, yeah, I like you say that. something mean to him. Yeah, wasn't that, it was just like, it was just like, wait, we're having this conversation and you're bringing in a point that's completely irrelevant to what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Is that what you want to do, right? Like, so a really nice way. I thought it was a very nice way of doing it. It wasn't shaming, and it was done with humor, which is, you know, if you can do it with humor, I mean, that that is that is such a wonderful methodology to save someone's face if that's what you choose. And, and, and that's a choice, too, if you want to call someone out or save their face. That's always a personal choice as well. It is. And you mentioned nuance. And, like, I'm not a TV watcher. I have never enjoyed TV. I barely watch movies, although on October, each October, you know, I watch Harry Potter. I have a Harry Potter marathon. I've got a stack of videos that I'm (laughs) going to watch from Garfield to Harry Potter. But the thing is, I really don't enjoy, and I do not enjoy American TV, and I'll tell you why, because there are no nuances it's in your face, slap the crap out of you and see who bleeds first. If I'm going to watch any kind of TV, it's going to be English humor because they nuance the heck out of everything. And I appreciate that. And old old black and white movies, Cary Grant, you don't see nudity, you don't see bodice ripping, but you understand that there's some (laughs) really wonderful emotions going on there and it's all nuanced. So... You know, yeah, those you don't need days. to get in people's yeah. faces all the time. Mhm, mhm. And that's a style, and you know, it's a it's a valid style. And and I do um, bemoan that we don't have these kind of new nuanced conversations anymore because I think it is really important to try to understand each other and the different sides of 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 these kind of conversations that used to go on in politics way long time ago when. You know, when Democrats and Republicans would, you know, be fighting each other on the floor and then go out to lunch 
and have conversations, you know, and that, and that sadly doesn't happen anymore. And, and I think that, that, that is definitely something to bring back to when you, when you mentioned listening. I think that's something that has been lost, that we, do, that we don't have the ability. We, we've not lost the ability, but it's in the background of actually listening to each other and seeking to understand. I mean, Stephen Covey said that, right? Seek to understand first. And I think that that has gone to the wayside in the light of our politics today, which is very sad. And each of us, you know, who is in charge of ourselves only and going on the media can work to shift that conversation. I think first, you know, um, what's that, that, that saying about <laughs> the, the, the little boy walking on the, the beach and picking up a star? He saw a whole beach full of starfishes that were washed up on the beach, and he threw the starfish back in, and a man, and there were thousands of them, and a man came by and said, um, um, what do you think you're doing? And he said, I'm going that starfish back in. And he said, you know, well, you're not going to make a difference, and it's not important, and he threw back one and he, and and he said it made a difference to that one. You That's know, and exactly I think that, right. that each of us can make a difference to that one, even if it is only one. And we're we're in charge of ourselves. And 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 if you have the media platform, you can do this on a larger scale. And that's what's really beautiful about both social media and media is that we each have that opportunity to um, bring to bring to the forefront what what we believe in, what we value, and what's important to our business and brand and our personal lives, all of those things together, right? Because I think personal, professional brand and life are intertwined. Everything you do say on think from your words to your website, how you are professionally, personally, all align. And that's when you have quote unquote success, when there's that alignment um, you align with, quote, unquote, the universe, and things happen for the good of yourself and all beings. And that's, I agree. that's ultimately what, what we're going through. No, I absolutely agree with you. Listen, we, we've gone a bit over, but, and I normally do this much earlier in the show, can you come back? We're not done. We've got more to talk about. Oh, I would love to. I'd totally love to. Yes. Well, there's we so, so many things. We have so many that... other topics to talk about. We yeah. do. We do. And this one has been fascinating, and I've been scribbling down some questions, and I'll get that maybe the next time. But there was another topic that I wanted to talk with you about, too, but I would love for you to come back, maybe in the new year, which is not that far away. I'd love that. No, I would absolutely adore that. Thank you for everything. You know, this has been – this is that we could talk forever, it sounds like, and it's been super delightful. Oh, I'm so glad that you were here. Do you have – Anything else that you want to share with the audience before I finally let you go? I think to sit with your deepest intentions, to be able to communicate. I think the question, the big question is, um, what am I here to do? And, and does everything that I'm doing align with that? Because then everything else will fall to the wayside if you keep that in mind. Like, what is mine to do? What am I here? What is mine to do? And 
to incorporate that into your daily life and then into your, your public and, and private life. That is brilliant. That's what I think. And I agree with you. I, I really do. You know, we've always heard, oh, you know, separate your, your day from your night, you know, your family, and we're supposed to, What what is that phrase, um, business life, what is it? I've lost it. Business um, life balance. Business life yeah, balance. there's no such thing. You know, you can't separate them in, in my world. You can't. You are who you are, and who you are and what you are is going to inform everything that you do and everything that you bring to the table. So trying to split it up sounds a little bit schizophrenic to me. I love that Gandhi says, my life is my message. To me, that is the deepest way that we can be when when everything we do say are and think is consistent and we are moving toward the person that we want to become because that's ever ever in motion and it's a it's not just a daily thing i think it's a moment by moment thing it's a thought by thought. it is it's moment by it's, moment mm-hmm. and we are what we think no question about it yes we are what we think and i think that's important for mm-hmm. people to to remember too listen we're you're definitely going to come back but where can people find you oh at prsecrets.com so like like publicrelationssecrets.com and also we have um uh, we we have a everyone needs a signature story you know we have a, a document that is a pdf that's five um five templates in that you can do in five minutes to create your signature story your core story for any media interview any speech that and it's at um prsecrets.com forward slash sig pod like signature some signature podcast s-i-g-p-o-d so prsecrets.com forward slash Sig, S-I-G-P-O-D, dot com. Oh, no, Guess where I'm heading. Dot com forward slash SigPod. Oh, yes. I am heading over there. You know, and like I said earlier, we, we get tunnel vision. We People will say to me, what do you do? Oh, geez. Okay. Um, I have, I'm a web developer. I write code in my sleep. I'm a social media marketing person. I'm a podcaster. I'm a cat wrangler. I've got gumbo on the stove right now. I can keep going. And we just <laughs> bore ourselves to death <laughs> because we're so tunnel focused. It's just, it's crazy. So I need what you just offered because I honestly need to put into words what I really do and have it make sense. And I haven't found a way to do that because, I, you know, I'll start writing it down and go, ooh, ooh, ooh. oh, nobody cares about that. Ooh, ooh, nobody cares about that either. And then I just wander around and go back and make my gumbo. So it's, it's a coping mechanism. It's hard to do it for ourselves. So it's really hard to do it ourselves. So these, these are five templates. These, these, of course, are not the only stories that you can tell, but it's your why you do what you do story, which I think that everybody wants to hear. Why do you do what you do? Why, and they're going to ask you, Denise, why did you write your book? That'll be the first Are you kidding? I want to know what I do. Much you know, why I do it. So <laughs> I'm going to... <laughs> I get up out of bed, I go, I go, I go, I fall, I go, I go, (laughs) but why? I don't know. That's hilarious. Well, you'll have to let me know what I I would love you to send me when you you write your signature stories or why you do what you do. I'd love to see it. Oh, I'm going to send it to you. 
and you have permission to edit the heck out of it or say, Denise, (laughs) did you fall and hit your head? Are you okay? (laughs) Do I need to call your friends? I mean, what's going on here? But yeah, I will do it today and I'll send it to you and thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything, Denise. I so appreciate you. Oh, it's been my pleasure. I'm so glad you were able to join me today. So thank you for all of the terrific tips and advice that you've shared with our audience. And I hope they got as much out of it as I did. In fact, I know they did. So before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for some iTunes, Stitcher, Amazon, Prime, believe it or not, Audible. We're everywhere. Just wherever you consume your business podcast, look for us there. You can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in, in Success Radio. So find us and take us along on your success journey. Susan, thank you so much. It has been a joy speaking with you today. My joy. It's my joy, too. Thank you. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.